Hello and welcome to the special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. I'm Father Adam Potter, and today we reflect on the eighth letter. Okay, after a couple of tough letters, this one is a bit more digestible. And if I'm honest, it's one of the more beautiful and spiritually insightful letters. It's all backwards, of course, but nonetheless, it's amazing to appreciate God's infinite love and the relationship he desires to have with us. So just as a, as a summary, here it's obvious that Screwtape is becoming increasingly more annoyed with Wormwood's inexperience. Wormwood uh, hopes that his patient's religious phase is dying away, and they're quickly dashed by Screwtape's explanation of the law of undulation, details of God's master plan for humans, and how those plans contrast to Satan's master plans. Let's dive in. The cynicism of Screwtape is on full display in our very first paragraph. He's so frustrated and annoyed with Wormwood, who assumes that just because his patient, remember he's a recent convert, has slowed down in his prayer life and zeal for the faith, that he must be losing his faith altogether. Screwtape takes a jab at the training college of demons and the head demon there. His name is Slubgob. What a name. <laughs> Um, but before we get to the main insight of screw tape, um, I wanted to highlight this really important line that might be easy to overlook. When screw tape is describing humans as half spirit and half animal, he says, quote, the enemy's determination to produce such a revolting hybrid was one of the things that determined our father to withdraw his support from him, end quote. So, this is very significant. What this is saying is that there is something about you and me and our being a body-soul composite that caused Satan to revolt against God. And this is right from Scripture. In Wisdom, chapter 2, verses 23 to 24, it says this, For God created man for incorruption. Just a quick pause. That means God created us to be incorruptible. The death was not a part of his original plan. Death was one of the effects of original sin and the fall. So God created man for incorruption and made him in the image of his own eternity. But through the devil's envy, death entered the world and those who belong to his party experience it. There was something in the very moment of creation And this is hard to speak about because God is outside of time. But when he created, there was time. So in the very moment of creation, the angels in heaven were able to catch a glimpse of who God is and the creation that he lovingly brought into existence. When Lucifer saw that God made humanity in his image and likeness, he was envious. Why? Here we get into some speculation, but to have a body is something that angels as pure spirits don't have. And on the hierarchy of being, and if you knew that there's a hierarchy of being, you have divinity all the way at the top, and then you have spirit right below that, and then you have matter below that. And that spirit is above matter. And this is because for reasons like, you know, matter is dependent on other things for its existence. It experiences change and decay, etc., So that man, male and female, 
would be made in God's image and likeness with the plan to bring man to share in the divinity of God and hence above the level of the angels. This was beyond what Lucifer would stand for. He revolted and brought one third of the angels out of heaven to earth with him. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. St. Louis de Montfort, he says that ultimately it was Mary who's the ultimate point of envy because she would be the mother of God, literally hold divinity within her womb. So that was an important point. That's just like one line, right? Uh, But I wanted to give it enough enough emphasis to be able to appreciate uh, just everything going on behind the scenes. Okay, let's get into this law of undulation. How do you experience it or mentally think of it? In my mind, I visualized it on a graph. If you remember sine and cosine graphs, whereas you move along the x-axis, the line moves up and down. Sorry, maybe that was a painful invitation to go back to math and pre-calculus days. I'm sorry, that's what I have. I'm a math major. So undulation, it's the, the ups and downs. It's the troughs and the peaks, the valleys and the hills, the lows and the highs. Why is this? Why is this a thing? Well, it's because we're in the world and to be in time is to experience change. And it is also because we're human beings, body, soul, composite. We have our bodies that are frail and mortal and destined to decay. And our souls are immortal and destined for eternity. And that causes this tension, right? That our bodies are also subject to change with passions and imaginations and our souls are trying to stay focused on God. So is this just a spiritual thing? No, I think this is the case in just about everything. I don't know. What are some of the places in your life that you have experienced ebbs and flows, highs and lows? Um, yeah, just think about different interests, different passions, different relationships that you might set off wow, I'm going to be dedicated to this. And maybe it starts off and you are just faithful, you are consistent, you are doing everything right and you are enjoying it while you're doing it. And then all of a sudden things change and it gets a little bit harder to to stay faithful and stay consistent and I don't enjoy doing it anymore. And it's like, why? What is that? It's like, I don't know. It's just, I'm just cooking for my family or I'm cleaning the house or I'm going off to work and sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. It's like, right. Is this bad or demonic? No, it's actually natural. It's not the work of your guardian demon. It's just being in this world. I wanted to pause here. Um, This is speaking about kind of the, the natural side of this. There is a spiritual dimension that I think would be worth just highlighting quickly. So St. Ignatius of Loyola has this incredible work called the spiritual exercises where he has all of these rules for discernment. Um, Maybe you've heard one of the classic rules is never make a serious decision in a time of desolation, right? Whenever spiritually I'm in a low place, I don't really experience the presence of God or his love or insights into his will. Ignatius was like, don't make this big life decision then to get a new job or to break up with your girlfriend or like whatever that is. Stay faithful. Keep, keep going on this path. 
until you get out of desolation and now you can make a, a decision in clarity with God. So the ninth rule that he has are three principal reasons why we find ourselves in spiritual desolation. So the first is because of our own doing or our own being tepid or lazy or negligent in our spiritual exercises. And so through our own faults, the spiritual consolation withdraws from us. Sorry, so we're not talking naturally anymore. We're talking supernaturally that in prayer we might experience desolation because we haven't been as zealous or as fervent or as consistent as we ought to be to allow God's consolation to be with us. Does that make sense? So the second is because God wants to try us, test us, and see how much we are and how much we let ourselves out in his service and praise without such great pay or of consolation and great graces. Um, we'll get to this uh, screw tape. We'll get to this in the, in the next paragraph. So I'll pause on that. But the third reason why we would find ourselves in desolation is to give us true acquaintance and knowledge that we may interiorly feel that it is not ours to get or keep great devotion, intense love, tears, or any other spiritual consolation but that all is the gift and grace of God our Lord, and that we may not build a nest in a thing not ours, raising our intellect into some pride or vainglory, attributing to us devotion or the other things of the spiritual consolation. Right? So in other words, that third reason is to allow us to be detached, to understand every consolation, every gift of knowledge or insight is a free gift from God and not something that we earned or deserved. So if you want to look up more on that, that's St. Ignatius of Loyola, his spiritual exercises, and that's the ninth rule. So let's go into the third paragraph, and here's where we catch a glimpse into God's plans. Screwtape says that God relies on troughs, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, which, though perishable, is tested by fire, may redound to praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sorry, so Screwtape didn't say that exactly, but that was our first Pope, St. Peter. Um, so through these times of desolation and trials, our faith has this opportunity to be purified. And this creates a great dichotomy between how God sees us and how Satan sees us. <clears throat> to us, a human is primarily food, says Screwtape. Our aim is the absorption of its will into ours. Who isn't that just pure evil? So notice, Satan looks at us not as subjects with dignity, but as objects that out of envy he desires to make as miserable as he is. And how different is the way that God looks at us? Well, even Screwtape admits that God really does love us, <laughs> which is probably a lot for him to admit. He really does love us, and he really does want to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome little replicas of himself. And then there's this great quote. I want to read it in full. We want cattle, says Screwtape. We want cattle who can finally become food. He wants servants who can finally become sons. We want to suck in 
he wants to give out. We are empty and would be filled. He is full and flows over. Our war aim is a world in which our Father below has drawn all other beings into himself. The enemy wants a world full of beings united to him, but still distinct. Notice the contrast. It's about food versus sons. It's about taking versus giving. It's about emptiness versus fullness. It's about consuming versus offering. And I don't know, maybe you're still like, okay, okay, but what the heck? Why make us go through all these trials, low points, and periods of desolation? Why not just show us who you are and allow us to see you, God, for who you fully are? We might even be tempted to think that God would have a lot more faithful if he just revealed himself. But Screwtape says, he cannot ravish, he can only woo. It's because to override our will with senses, delights, and consolations of his presence would consume us into him. We would be lost in a way that we would forfeit who we are as images of him, who God has a free will and an intellect, and he wants us to share in that as well. And since God desires sons and not slaves, he allows us to experience opportunities to love him for who he is, and not just because of how he makes us feel or what he can do for us. This is the sign of authentic love, right? (laughs) A love that is without conditions, not about conveniences or personal preferences. It's about a love that is for the sake of the other. But how do we get to that, right? That authentic, that genuine love. Ah, that is where God allows us opportunities to love him just for who he is and not for any selfish reasons. So he hides himself and asks us to still be faithful and obedient. And here we get, arguably, the main quote of the whole book. Are you ready? This is one to underline, highlight. I would even say, commit to memory. Screwtape says, Do not be, con- do not be deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human no longer desiring, but still intending to do our enemy's will, looks round upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. Oh, isn't that incredible? This is everything, right? It allows for the authentic love to be shown whenever you and I look out of the world and see no trace of him. We have no desire, like natural desire for him. And yet that we would still choose to be faithful. We would still choose to obey. All of a sudden Satan's cause is turned upside down and brought to a destruct, destructive blow. This is why St. James can say, Blessed is the man who endures trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. This shows great spiritual maturity. The spiritually immature person abandons their faith and prayer life as soon as the consolations leave. That's why Paul says to the Romans, chapter 5, 3 to 5, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, 
and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ah, oh, friends, this is why looking at um, looking at the spiritual battle from the other side is so enlightening and encouraging that we might not be discouraged at these moments of desolation, of these troughs, of these low points, even of sufferings and trials, that we might actually be encouraged. Now's the time to undo Satan's kingdom. Now's the time to prove and have our love for God purified. So friends, do not lose heart. Keep going. Um, At the end of this eighth letter, we are one-fourth of the way through. It's just an amazing thing. So um, have heart. uh, Keep going. Be courageous in these letters. Take your time in praying through them and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal them. If you're reading this in or following along in real time, we're going to take a break for the weekend. I mistimed the last Friday letter and accidentally did one on Saturday. So I want to space this out. So the next podcast will be available on Monday. But let's close with praying to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, a prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Drybones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. Please pray for me. Know that I'm praying for you. God bless you. See you next time.